Father, we come to you this morning as your people, your beloved sons and daughters in Christ Jesus. Be present with us by your spirit. Provide for us through your living and active word and demonstrate your power to change and transform our hearts, conforming us more and more into the very image of your son. All this we ask in his name. Amen. Please be seated. This morning we pick up the story of God with Joshua. God's people find themselves at a crossroads. It's a defining moment. They have a significant decision to make. Standing just outside the promised land, will they respond in faith or be fraught with fear? The story of God is full of these crossroads moments. In the garden, it was two trees. For Noah, it was to build or not to build. For Abraham, stay or go. For Moses, shrink back or lead. The story of God is filled with crossroads moments. And by God's grace, faith. Not fear always makes a better way. Crossroads moments come to us individually. They also come to us corporately. In the story we call Joshua, it's both. Moses is dead, and God anoints Joshua as the new leader. Moreover, it's time to step out of the desert and into the promised land. Joshua is truly at a crossroads moment. Israel is also at a crossroads moment. In both cases, the decision boils down to, will they respond in faith or will they be fraught with fear? When was the last time that you experienced a crossroads moment? How did you respond? Maybe you find yourself at one of those crossroads right now. Let's recap the story of God together as we get started. It's on the screens here. Will you please uh, read it with me? After 430 years of slavery in Egypt, God saves the Hebrews and leads them to freedom through the Red Sea. The law is given to reveal God's character and show his people how to live in a right relationship with him and one another. God dwells in the midst of his people and establishes a sacrificial system of worship to forgive their sins. Joshua leads the conquest of the promised land. This morning we focus on two significant crossroads moments in the life of Joshua. The story of God continues like this. When the people of Israel got close to the land of Canaan, the pillar of cloud stops at a place called Kadesh Barnea. The Lord speaks to Moses saying, send out 12 spies into the land of Canaan, which I will give to the sons of Israel. So Moses sends a leader from each one of the 12 tribes to spy out the land including Joshua, his young protege, 
and another really faithful guy named Caleb. After 40, year, 40 days, not 40 years, they return. In front of all the people, they share their report with Moses. The land is just as God has promised. It's a land of abundance. It's flowing with milk and honey. Joshua and Caleb stand up before the people and they advocate for faith. However, ten of the others point out the obstacles. They sow fear in the hearts of the Israelites saying, the people who live in this land are powerful. They have fortified cities. There is no way we can defeat them. They are stronger and bigger than us. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Joshua and Caleb, though, speak up again. They choose faith, and they try to convince the people of God to trust him, saying, God has promised to fight for us and to give us this land. But the people of God give in to fear and choose not to trust God. They grumble against God and they revolt, saying, we'd rather go back to Egypt. So God punishes them for their disobedience. No Israelite alive that day, over the age of 20, would step foot in the promised land, save two. Joshua and Caleb, who were filled with faith and not fraught with fear. In your own life, when you experience a crossroads moment, how do you typically respond? What is your default attitude? Are you a glass half filled with faith kind of person? Are you a glass half empty of fear kind of person? Forty years pass. Forty years wandering in the wilderness. Forty long years of remembering that day at Kadesh Barnea when they shrank back in fear. And at the end of those forty regrettable years, everyone, even Moses, dies. Then God anoints a new leader. He chooses Joshua, a man full of faith, to lead his people into the land that he had promised Abraham. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Don't be afraid. I will be with you wherever you go, says God. So the Israelites, they arrive at the River Jordan. Joshua and all of the people are filled with faith, There is only one problem, though. The Jordan is flooding. The water is over the banks. It's roaring and moving fast. It is impassable.
For three days, the people of God wait, watching that water rush past them. For three days, they pray with the roar of the water in their ears. And then, God gives Joshua a plan. The priests are to take the Ark of the Covenant, signifying God's presence with them, and step into the raging waters. God would stop the river and the people would cross over in safety. It's a crossroads moment for the people of God. And this time, there is no grumbling. There is no complaining. The people trust God and they trust Joshua. They are filled with faith and they obey God's plan. So the priests carry the ark to the water's edge. They take a step of faith into the raging waters and the river stops precisely as God told them it would. So the priests and all the people, they faithfully cross over the river on dry ground. And as soon as they come to the other side, the waters crash down and the river returns to its flooded condition. Two crossroads moments in the lives of the people of God. Forty years earlier, Fear led them to disobedience that resulted in God's discipline. This time, faith leads to obedience that results in God's blessing. I married my wife, Lindsay, about 15 years ago, and at the time, I had a pretty big problem. I had never actually seen marriage work. You see, between my mom, my dad, and my stepdad, there have been 11 divorces amongst them. I personally experienced four of them. But while I never saw a marriage work, I did learn a whole bunch of things that made marriages not work. I may not have known how to make a marriage work, but I knew some foolproof ways that one would fail. (laughs) The Israelites who crossed the River Jordan could have related with that. They had seen their parents and their grandparents rebel against God. They had seen them grumble and complain about God, and they had seen how having a heart like that toward God never worked out very well for them. But there was something far more profound going on at the River Jordan than the negative example of their parents and their grandparents. You see, through their daily experience, the people of God came to trust God. They came to depend on God as one who was constantly present with them. Not a day went by during that 40-year period that they couldn't look up during the day and see that pillar of cloud and at night and see the pillar of flame. They were reminded every time they looked up that God would never leave them or forsake them. They came to rely on God during that 40 years as their provider. Every day for 40 years, they ate the manna that God rained down on them from heaven. And they came to expect God's power to do miraculous and amazing things amongst them that they could have never done by themselves. 
having faith in God and not being afraid to obey him, even if it meant stepping into a flooded river, becomes a grateful response for the people of God because they know who God is and they trust who they know God to be. But something happens in my heart as I look at this story. You see, I, I find it's pretty easy for me to look at the Israelites at Kadesh Barnea and to sit in judgment of them. How could that group of people have possibly been so scared of the giants in the land after everything that they had seen God do in Egypt, conquering the most powerful nation that was on the earth at that time and parting the Red Sea to bring them to the place that he was taking them? But the thing is, somehow, things don't seem to, to, to be quite so clear in the crossroads moments of my life. When I'm the one at the crossroads moment. See, it's then that it becomes hard for me to tell the difference between fear and faith. Is my response to God in a particular situation, is it faith? Or is it really just presumption? I'm getting what I want, and I'm going to say that that's faith. Is what I think of as prudence really just fear disguising itself really well as appropriate caution, giving me uh, a way to, to wait until actually I have more things figured out about what God wants to do? In my own life, faith and fear in a crossroads moment seem so much less clear. How can we tell the difference in those moments? How can we tell the difference when it really counts? As I was praying through this message and specifically this particular part this week, the Lord did something really bizarre. <laughs> I thought of Jeff Foxworthy. You know the comedian that earned his chops with the you-might-be-a-redneck routine? Well, to use Jeff's line, you might be responding out of fear rather than faith if at a crossroads moment you find yourself thinking more about the giants than God and his promises. At a crossroads moment, if you find yourself focused on the giants rather than on the power of God, you might be fraught with fear. If you find yourself trying to figure it out or fix it or take control yourself rather than trusting God, you might be fraught with fear. If you find yourself shrinking back or going backwards rather than obeying God's word, you might just be fraught with fear. You see, it's when fear runs wild in our hearts that sin creeps in. Fear is sin because it displaces our trust and faith in God. It separates us from him and his promises, and it actually corrupts our God-given identity in the process. Fear in these crossroads moments of our lives leads us to shrink back from what we know God to clearly be calling us to. 
Fear whispers the lie that we can't really trust God. And then it doubles down by saying, well, God wouldn't really want you to move forward until you had more of the plan figured out anyway. Fear in these crossroads moments of our lives can be very strong. The good news is this. It's from 1 John. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Grace, fear has no place in our hearts. On the cross, the love of God in Christ disarmed the enemy and destroyed the weapon of fear once and for all. In Christ, faith, not fear, rules our hearts. In Christ, we receive the very presence of God in our hearts by His Spirit. And that new spirit that we receive in Christ is not a spirit of timidity or fear. It's a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. So in those crossroads moments, we need not fear death because Christ has conquered it. In a crossroads moment, we need not fear man because God, not man, gives us our identity in Christ and he calls us beloved sons and daughters in him. And in a crossroads moment, we need not fear failure because God has declared that we are his masterpieces in Christ made to walk in the good works that he prepared for us before the foundation of the world. In Christ, we have been given the power in the crossroads moments of our lives to overcome fear and respond to God in faith. So as we enter into this new year, we have the opportunity, Grace, just as Joshua and God's people did at the River Jordan, to live in grateful response to who God is and what he has done for us in Christ together as his people. As we enter into 2016, how are you personally at a crossroads moment? Is it in a relationship, a leadership role, your health? How will you respond? Don't be fraught with fear. Be filled with faith. Don't shrink back from God or his promises or his power. Trust him. Surrender to him and rely on him. God loves you. And his love is bigger and better than any fear. Grace, we find ourselves together as a body at a crossroads moment. Next Sunday is Vision Sunday, and let me tell you, God's vision for us as his people is big. I'm not going to steal Pastor Matt's thunder here today, but I will give you a sneak peek of what God is calling us to in 2016. A church plant in River North, a farmer's market here at Northridge, increased missional partnership and collaboration with our daughter church in Midtown, more resources for snack packs for kids, new missional residents, twice as many life groups, and guess what, guys, that's just the beginning. The question for all of us is how will we respond God is clearly calling us into his vision for the Broadway Corridor, what we call Mission 368. 
And just as he is calling us into his vision, he is calling us to respond to him in faith, not in fear. Fear is going to tell us that 2015 was a big year. Time to settle down, catch our breath, build our base. Faith will continue to send us out to live on mission. Fear will make storehousing God's resources sound like great stewardship. Faith will celebrate God's faithful provision knowing that the God who provides will continue to provide year after year in the future. Fear is going to whisper to us that God's vision is too big. Reaching every man, woman, and child in the Broadway quarter with the good news of Jesus Christ, that's just not possible. It's not attainable. Faith is going to recognize that it is God that builds his church and encourage us to lift our gaze and to see how he's already at work in River North, in Mankey Park, and even in Southtown. Fear is going to direct our attention to all the giants in the land, all the obstacles and the challenges that have to be overcome. Faith will remind us that our identity is in Christ, that he is with us and that this is his vision, not ours, and that in him we, Grace, are more than conquerors. So I ask this week that you would pray for this community. Pray that fear will have no place in our hearts as God's people as God's beloved sons and daughters in Christ Jesus. Pray for God to increase our faith and to help us to respond to what he is doing in faith, not fear. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that your perfect love casts out fear. And that in you, fear no longer has any place in our hearts. By your Holy Spirit living within us, empower us to be who you have created and redeemed us to be. To be like Joshua. Those who boldly and courageously respond in faith in the crossroads moments of our lives. In the coming year, Lord, in this crossroads moment where we as your people are at. Continue to send us into this city as heralds of your gospel and reap a harvest of repentance and belief in the lives of many who do not know you as their Lord and Savior. All this we ask for the glory of your name, Jesus. Amen.